welcome to Global Citizen Life. Today on our podcast, we have Clint Arthur. He is a Wharton Business School graduate, an award-winning speaker and info marketer who appears frequently on the Today Show, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox TV News, and talk shows. He shared the stage with Martha Stewart, Dr. Oz, Susan Summers, Caitlyn Jenner, Ice-T, and five presidents of the United States at Harvard, Cambridge, Oxford, London Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, Mercedes, Porsche, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, and the Royal Society of Medicine, AT&T, and Carnegie Hall. He lives in New York, Los Angeles, and Acapulco, Mexico, with his wife, Allie, and Nova, their billion peso puppy. Wisdom of the Man is his 21st best-selling book, which was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be with you all the way from Acapulco to Montenegro. Yes. Quite, quite the distance between us. And thankfully, we have technology that we can connect everywhere around the world. Amazing, amazing. I have great technology because luckily for me, my next door neighbor is the 10th richest man in the world. And he owns Telmex, which is the AT&T of Mexico. So we have blazing fast Wi-Fi speeds here. Well, that's great because I'm sure there's a lot of other places <laughs> in Mexico that don't have that blazing fast Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, so even how, in like even in Mexico, mm-hmm. even in Mexico City, you'll get dead spots when you're driving around mm-hmm. in an Uber, and all of a sudden you have no cellular reception whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, how did you pick Mexico, and more specifically Acapulco? Well, when the pandemic hit, I was on an eight-city speaking tour, and I had just been the host of Tony Robbins' 60th birthday party in Los Angeles, and then the next day. All of my speaking gigs after that started canceling. So I said to my wife, honey, do you want to go back to our apartment on the 13th floor of our apartment building in Midtown Manhattan with all the old people who live in our buildings and quarantine there for two weeks? Or do you want to go to our loft in Los Angeles? Or do you want to rent a house in Arizona or Florida in some place we don't really know? Or do you want to take a vacation in our favorite resort which was in Acapulco, Mexico. And we hadn't been there in many years because it was too dangerous. Ah, you know, Acapulco yes. is so dangerous. <laughs> and, uh, but I figured, what's, what's the difference? We're just gonna be in the, in the suite the whole time ordering ring, room service, so why not? And that's exactly what we did. And when I heard the State Department make the announcement that all Americans should return to the United States from abroad to shelter in place, That's when I rented our first villa for 30 days because I just don't believe anything that they say anymore. And uh, from that 30 days, we moved to a different villa that was even better for the next 30 days. And then from that villa, we moved to another one and we liked that one so much, we stayed two months in that one. And uh, then by the end of those four and a half months in Acapulco, we had found the place, we had seen 50 houses during that time. And we found the villa that we liked the most. And I made the guy an offer and he accepted it. And that's how we bought our first villa in Acapulco. And we started hosting our seminars here for my clients who come down to learn how to have more impact, influence, and income, uh, either in that class or to learn how to book themselves on TV in my celebrity launch pad or various other seminars that we do here. And... Um, 
it has it was always our favorite resort to vacation mm -hmm. and now life is kind of like a vacation you know i i read yeah. this quote the other day and i sent it to my wife it's like you you need to build a life that you don't need to take a vacation from that's yeah. that's a very good attitude I, I you know i like i mean you know the thing is is that acapulco gets really really busy during christmas and new years and i was okay. here once once for that because primarily acapulco is a Mexican tourist destination. Most Americans don't come to Acapulco anymore because there are so few direct flights from the United States. Although there are direct flights from um, Montreal and Toronto. Uh, okay. But the only American direct flights are from Houston and Dallas. That's it. Those are the only direct flights from America to Acapulco, which is crazy uh, because this used to be like the tourist destination, the spring break mm. destination. It used to be a big destination for Americans, but now it's mostly Me Mexicans that come here. So we, um, generally will go away for Christmas and new years and maybe mm. a week into January, we'll go someplace. Last year we went to Venice and Rome and, nice. uh, and, and Spain. And, um, you know, that was a fun month, but, uh, I, I do I do love living here because it is a lot like a vacation. Like I'm still kind of dripping wet because I just came from swimming in the ocean. Oh, that's that's tough. Well, I recall one time too when I was in Costa Rica. I lived there for for a few years. Uh, I think four or five years. And I was talking to somebody who was there on vacation, and he asks, he's like, "Well, you live here. Where where do you go for vacation?" And I said, "Well." I don't really go anywhere. Like I don't feel like I need vacation. When I lived in in Canada, I needed vacation. It was cold, winter, work, and everything else. I said, but here, I said, but occasionally I'll go to the city or I'll go back to Canada, and that'll be my trips. But those I don't really feel like vacation. But yeah, it's it's nice when you can design a lifestyle that is vacation incorporated or you just don't feel like you need the vacation because it's part of your life yeah exactly um i you know i love swimming in warm tropical waters that's my mm -hmm. favorite thing so that's why i love it here i mean i i go in the ocean the ocean is warm and clean right. and clear so i go i just came from swimming in the ocean and that's what i love to do the most um, you know, I think a lot of people have come to the understanding that there's more to life than just working all the time and being in the rat race. And yes. I, I think more and more people are putting a higher emphasis on what, what the Italians have been doing for years and years and years, which is working to live, not living to work. And hmm. I, I, you know, Look, I'm I'm all for having ambitions and mm -hmm. you know being successful and making money and and doing stuff and I'm very grateful that you know we have put together a situation where people want to come here. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's been pretty amazing and like at first at first I didn't know like I was sitting in the Palapa with my wife and we built the Palapa. That was the first thing we built that we had this like balcony facing over, uh, over the pool. There's this little patio on, above a, wa a waterfall 
going into the pool and there was only a table with an umbrella there and I built a palapa. That's like a grass thatched hut basically. And I said to her, look, I don't know if people are gonna wanna come here or not, but if all we get from buying this villa is that we just get to live here and relax here and have less stress here, we win. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> It's it's yeah. so true. And I think one of the silver linings of, of the pandemic, I really believe, is people, a lot of people realize what's what's the point of working all the time to to be stressed out, to be unhealthy, to not enjoy life. It it doesn't make any sense at all. You know, obviously there's a certain amount of money that we need to make, and that varies depending upon what city and country we live in. But especially now with the internet, we can live in, in various places and we can do what we enjoy doing and we can enjoy life a lot more. Yeah, it's a tremendous luxury that we have this ability to have geographic and time freedom because of Zoom. You know, it's not perfect, but no. you can do a lot. You can do a lot with Zoom and, uh, you know, it allows me to stay in touch with clients and to do a lot of work with clients even though it's better to be in person a lot of times, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't make as much as I used to make, but I still do very well. And I don't work nearly as much as I used to work. And the work that I do is in paradise and I get to swim in the ocean every day that I'm here. So all of that is a, is a plus for me. Absolutely. I mean, and, and it sounds perfect. And, you know, there, there's studies have shown that money, money and things don't make people happy. And if you make, um, whether you make a million dollars a year, or you make 2 million a year, you're not twice as happy as at 2 million as you were at one. And if you make 100,000 to 200,000, you're not twice as happy, you might be a little bit more, you might buy those other extra fancy things and stuff like that. But you're not there, there isn't a correlation with more money equals more happiness. And we see that if we look at a lot of very rich, very famous people that aren't happy, or they have alcohol problems, drug problems, other issues going on. So, I mean, that, that is the key. It's why, why work yourself to death to make money when money isn't going to make you happy anyway. I agree. And, you know, speaking of alcohol, it's like when I used to come here, I used to come here, like I started coming here in 2013. Uh, yeah, 2013. And then I quit drinking in 2014. And I haven't had a drink in almost 10 years. And every day, like I, I almost every day I say to my wife, how lucky is it that I don't drink anymore? Because if I was living in Acapulco and I was still drinking, then then life would be a complete vacation all the time because I'd be drunk every single day, you know, because that's what you do on vacation. And then, right. you know, it's hard, it's hard to be productive if you're drunk every day because that's what you do on vacation. But because I'm sober, I can still live in a vacation lifestyle and mm -hmm. be productive. And I remember when I did my first seminar here and I was taking everybody back to the airport because it was the seminar was over and it was time for mm -hmm. them to leave. And I remember saying to them, you know how when you go on those vacations and the people drive you to the airport and then you get on the airplane and leave and they get to stay? That's me, I get to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy that I got to stay and I still am happy. And you know, most of the time, like the, I was doing quite a few business trips last, like earlier this year or last year, last year, I was doing a lot of business trips 
And I kept saying to the drivers, hey, remind me next time that I told you I don't want to go because, I, you know, the, lo the more I stay here, the less I want to leave, honestly. And so between how much time do you spend between New York and L.A.? Uh, I, I'd say we are we are in Acapulco nine plus months a year. OK. Yeah. So it's not too much anymore. Is it getting mm -hmm. less and less every year? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think things would have to change a lot politically in the United States mm -hmm. for me to want to go for me to want to go back and spend more time there. You know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. And what about cost of living? How is how is the cost of living there? I mean, L.A. and New York, we know, are very expensive cities. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let, let's compare that a little bit to to how things are in Acapulco. It used to be better. Like when we first came down here, the dollar was super strong. During the pandemic, it was super strong. It was like mm -hmm. 20, 21.5 pesos to the dollar. Now we're at 17.5. So there's a huge difference that's that's negatively impacted Americans traveling here. Uh, but it's still better than it used to be. It used to be when we first started coming here, it was like 13 pesos to the dollar. And, mm -hmm. you know, really... Like Mexicans, they like a like a plate of fish in a restaurant will be thirty like three hundred pesos. Okay. To them, that's like thirty bucks. Mm -hmm. To us, that's like that's like eighteen dollars. Right. Or or seventeen or sixteen dollars. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's a lot better for us because they're looking at it like ten pesos is a dollar. But we're not looking at it like that. We're looking at it like 17 pesos is a dollar. So it's a lot better for us. Um, right. You know, we got it. You know, luckily we bought our car when the, do when the dollar was 21.5 pesos. You know, we, um, but, you know, the houses that we bought were denominated in dollars. Okay. <laughs> one of, it's one it's of interesting how they do that in a lot of places. So when they know that foreigners yeah. are buying, they they have them in dollars. It wasn't easy to buy a house here, and a couple like several times, as an American, uh, as soon as I made an offer, they doubled the price. Oh, okay. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to buy a place here, like, especially in the neighborhood where I wanted to buy. The neighborhood where I wanted, people don't want to sell. It's a very high status neighborhood. Like I said, my next door neighbor is the 10th richest guy in the world. But, um, uh, you know, we did a lot of hard work looking, you know, and if you work hard in real estate, you can really make, you can make some good deals if you work hard, if you're willing to work hard, if you're willing to do the work and go look at enough places and hmm. knock on enough doors right. and look at enough websites. Right, right. And that I find too is a big thing with, with looking at real estate when you look internationally. What you look at on the websites are most times overpriced things pointing towards foreigners coming in to buy. Um, but when you actually get feet on the ground, even though it's, it is in a way a bit harder, but that's how you're going to find the true places that are generally a better value. You're meeting the right people you're talking to. As you said, you're putting in the work um, but you will find the the right place and most times a better price than what if you just connect through the internet from a 
uh, a building site or or a for sale site. Yeah, this place wasn't even on the internet. Yeah. This place just had a uh, like a a fabric banner that said for sale and a phone number on it in front of the, in front of the house, like you know a banner hanging down off the front of the house. We were originally going to buy the house next door, and then that owner went crazy on us and you know even after i agreed to his price he went nuts and said i'm not oh. selling it and blah 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 and then finally we got to see this place and this this is the first place that we loved and we bought it so that was lucky right. but you you know one one word of caution that's so important especially for people who may be new to real estate you know you're you're thinking, oh, it's going to be so luxurious and glamorous to live in a foreign country. And it can be. But don't ever do a real estate deal without physically inspecting the property. You cannot. I mean, there are so many ways to lie and cheat and fake imagery on the Internet. You oh, cannot yeah. do any real you cannot do any real estate deal, even, you know, even as far as like renting an Airbnb for a week, you know, I, I would be very, very cautious about doing any real estate without physically inspecting the property myself because, you know, it could be right next to a highway and then you can't sleep or it could have all kinds of wires in your view that have been photoshopped out or it could have noisy neighbors or it could have a, a, a dump next door to it with terrible smells. There's a million things that can go wrong with real estate or it could be facing the highway. I mean, you really, or really, it doesn't really, even exist. That's, that's possible too. There, or there, there's or many ready. things that don't even exist. Yeah. Or it's not ready. Like it's just an empty shell of a building and you don't understand the little disclaimer on the bottom in some language that you don't speak that says, this is just an artist, artist rendering of what it will look like right. three years from now when we finish the project, you know, there's a million ways. So you really got to right. be very careful, but you know, with that said, I would say if you're thinking about moving to a place, like I, first of all, I never thought we would move to Acapulco. I mean, I'm I'm a native New Yorker. I grew up in New York City in Midtown Manhattan, and the idea of me not living in a major city in the United States never crossed my mind until the pandemic happened. And like I, you know, I asked Tony Robbins. I said, Tony, what's the most important thing you ever learned? He said. Life is happening for us. And I really do believe life is happening for us because the pandemic happened for us. It changed right. our lives so much for the better because it it made us appreciate life and it made us appreciate living and it mm -hmm. made us appreciate our lifestyle. And that's where we are today. So lucky for us, we came down here and we had four and a half months where I was basically the only person looking to buy a villa in this neighborhood. Right. So, you know, luckily we, we were able to take good advantage of that. But if you're going to, if you think you want to live someplace and you want to buy something in someplace, go live there for six months or, you know, and while you're living there, start looking at properties. And at the end of six months, you'll know what the market is. You'll know what's a good deal, what's not a good deal. You'll have seen, you got to see a lot of houses, like seeing 10 or 20 houses is not enough. And that's what most mm -hmm. people will usually do is only look at 10 or 20 houses and then they buy one. But, um, you know, I would suggest going to live in the place and then looking at 30, 40, 50, 50. I mean, we looked at more than 50 houses and made offers on a bunch of them and got turned down. 
and that's good. You know, yeah. make yeah. offers, make offers that get turned down. And because this way, you know, you're not offering too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you ended up finding what, what you liked and, and that's great. So sometimes the, the turning down, even though maybe at the time seemed kind of like it sucks that they're not accepting it, but you know, it was a good thing in hindsight, now that we can look back, I mean, we may not realize it at the time. Sometimes when we look back, those those things that don't work out are beneficial for us because we'll get to where we need to be or get the home that we need to have or be in the neighborhood that we should be um, in instead of rushing in and and making decisions um, kind of on a whim. Definitely, I, I, especially buying a piece of property. Take your time mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, don't buy it just because it's cheap. I mean, the house next door, we wanted to buy it because it was cheap, you know, quote unquote cheap. Mm -hmm. And luckily we didn't because that would have, you know, it would have cost way more than this house after we got done renovating it. And it would have taken two years of renovation before we'd be able to do anything with it with our clients. Whereas this one, we were able to just come in and start doing seminars immediately and worked out great. I mean, I, you know, now there's a lot of people who are doing seminars in Mexico and in foreign countries like Costa Rica or yes. wherever. Uh, but I, I think I was the first one. I mean, I was doing seminars here in October of 2020. The whole month of October and half of November, we had people here every single week for a seminar. Oh, nice. so, mm -hmm. Yeah, it worked, worked out really great. We're very grateful to them. And you're right. Just because something is cheap, sometimes you get what you pay for. And, the, and there's ones, cheaps can be deals. There can be if you don't mind fixing up, but then you also have to think of if you're going to fix up or have to do renovation, now you're not doing it in your home country when we're used to doing some, maybe some stuff ourselves. Um, building is done differently. Finding quality workers to do the renovation, the construction, the time spent, the money, all of a sudden that potentially cheap property may not end up being as cheap by the time it gets to be the way that you want it to be. Yeah, I I would really always recommend that you buy something where you don't have to do anything to it, especially mm -hmm. as a, a foreigner in a foreign country. You don't know what's going to be involved. You know, contractors are always difficult to deal with in, in the best case scenarios. So try to you're way better off trying to find a turnkey property where you could just walk in and start living your life and not have to worry about customizing it or making it better i mean painting you know doing a little painting is one thing but of course doing yeah. it especially if you're not a person who's used to doing renovations or construction luckily for me i am you know i have background and i've done a lot of construction and renovation but if you're not a person who's done a lot then you should really find something where even if you have to pay a little more you're better off not having stuff pending just right you know get in and start living your life and you're way better off absolutely i i completely agree with that because and you never know it, it, i mean it happens everywhere you start a renovation and all of a sudden it goes end up going down like that dark hole of oh we found this problem now there's this problem now there's that and so yeah. as, as much as we can it is best to avoid that i i agree with you on that mm-hmm 100%. Cool. And so, so you've been there. So you've gone through the visa process. You are temporary resident, I believe, and, yep. and working towards permanent residency. 
I'm told that if I want to, I, at the end of the four-year temporary residency, I can automatically convert to being a permanent resident. I don't know why I would do that, but I do have that option, and I like it, you know, especially especially since one of the conspiracy theory podcasts I saw the other day said that Mexico is finishing the wall to keep the Americans out. So, you know, what, what I did not want to have happen was to show up in Mexico one day after a business trip to the United States or a vacation or whatever, and have them deny me entry. And meanwhile, I have two houses here. So right. that's why I went ahead and, and have basically a Mexican green card. Mm -hmm. And what about, uh, are you going to work towards citizenship or have you not thought about that at this point? I, I don't know why I would do that. Um, you know, if I was going to get citizenship in another country, I would probably look for a zero tax haven to get a citizenship. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know why I would want to be a citizen of Mexico. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't well, know. What just sometimes it's nice to have a, a second passport as a backup plan. Yeah, but, you know, the Mexican passport is not a great passport. No, it's it's not ideal, but. You know, if the U.S. decides not to renew your passport for it for any reason at any time, now you're 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 hooped. You're stuck. Like, you either stay there and and not leave Mexico until you become a citizen, or you end up going back to the U.S. not being able to leave because you don't have a passport. I'm a U.S. citizen. I you know I'm entitled to a passport. I mean, uh, actually, really you know what? But if, if you ask the government, you are not entitled to a passport. It is they own the passport. It's a privilege and not a right to have it. And they can refuse giving passports in Canada when the, the convoy, the trucker convoy protesting the whole everything. Um, yep. They froze people's bank accounts for protesting. Yep. They froze some yep. people's bank accounts for donating to the protest. And they threatened the protesters to not renew their passports or not issue them if they were going to be protesting. Yep. Yep. You're right. And I just hey, look, like that's a, crazy, crazy that a country would potentially do that. It's a crazy political world right now. And you're you're 100 percent right. Uh, you know, we just got my wife's passport renewed for another 10 years and mine is okay. coming due soon and we'll probably do that as well. You know, mm -hmm. just you because you're right. And and that's exactly why I got the temporary residency for four years, because right. now I can I have the right to enter. I can't be denied because I'm a resident. So, right. That's it, it, these days you got to think about these kinds of things. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, even five years ago, not that big of a deal. Ten years ago, never really thought too much of it. But now it's it's something to consider. So how about banking there? Do you have a bank account in Mexico? No. Okay. okay. I mean, you know, I take my American ATM card to any ATM and I can get pesos out of the machine. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I earn all my money in the United States. Right. So... I, I, I filed taxes in the United States. Of course. Yes, you have to. Yeah. So it, luckily, it's it's a pretty global banking system still. Mm -hmm. And uh, having a bank, I don't see the I don't see the advantage of being a Mexican citizen. I don't see the advantage of having a Mexican bank account. I don't see the advantage of of uh, having a Mexican driver's license. I don't see, you know. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I can do pretty much whatever I want as an American still. Right. 
The bank account, though, I would be, I would open one. I've got bank accounts in several countries just because, again, if my bank account gets frozen because I protest or donate to a protest or my bank gets hacked or I get um, uh, identity theft, it's always nice to have at least another bank account in another country that has a bit of money in it to buy groceries, pay bills, take care of whatever kind of day-to-day stuff until that issue can get resolved. Obviously, if it's a bank hack issue, that they'll work on that a lot faster. But if it was somebody who stole your identity and now they're freezing your bank account, then yeah. what do you do when you can't access your own funds? So I, I always think it's important to just have another bank account somewhere, just, you know, kind of a just in case. And hopefully you never need it. But if you do, then then you have it um, to to use for for kind of a an emergency fund. Well, I you know there are filing requirements in the United States that you know yes. you have to you have to the declare you have to file the F bar every year. Mm. Yeah, so you know that's one reason why I don't want to do it. Right. No, it's yeah. That's all good. But so But I do love it. I do love life outside of the country. I do love like I I never imagined that I would be doing this, but I I love living in 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 an unexpected lifestyle. That's I'd say was is one of the cool things. Discovering the new cultures and learning the language is fun. Um Mm -hmm. it's we have a higher standard of living because we're, you know, living in American dollars in a in a less um, expensive place. Right. Um, there are not a lot of Americans here. Um, so it's very lucky that like we have, a, like we are friends with a lot of our clients. Mm-hmm. So my client, my clients are all authors, speakers, coaches, experts, people who are really smart, people who are very, you know, ad- aspirational people who are a lot like me. So, right. um, you know, it's, it's lucky because we have a lot of friends who come and visit us. That's nice. But I've watched a lot of these, you know, House Hunter International shows. Oh, and, yes. And they always have, <laughs> you know, we, we have to have a spare bedroom for when our family comes to visit. I'm like, yeah, when's your family coming to visit? They're not coming to visit you. Because a lot of people don't come. A lot of people won't come. And you know, uh, and and you don't want a lot of people to come for real, honestly, to come and stay with you. How long are they going to come and stay with you? We're lucky. We have giant houses. You know, we can have people come stay with us and we won't even see them. But in, right. if you're living in a, in a two bedroom or three bedroom apartment, how long do you really want someone from your family to come and stay with you in your in your life and impose their their tourist needs on you when you're just trying to live? Exactly. And, or work. Like you're still, we're still working. And when they come, so when I, when I lived in Costa Rica, I had visitors come and, and visit. Um, and a few times I, I, even my mom, I'd say, mom, it's like, oh, I got to work. She's like, oh, you're working. I'm like, yes, mom, I'm working. You're on vacation. I'm working. When I come to Canada, you don't not go to work because I'm there, but I have to work. Like I am working. This is my everyday life. I get it's your vacation. Um, and so like the first time they visit, of course, I'm the tour guide. I take them everywhere. The second time, a little bit better that they can do some things on their own, but you're right. It is, it's nice to have visitors. Um, I spent years in Spain, no visitors there. So, you know, it, it, it kind of depends, I think where you are, 
um, and, and, and a number of things, but yeah, I don't, visitors occasionally are nice, but not all the time because I still have my routine, my work, my lifestyle, the things that I do. And when people are coming to stay, it does, if it's short term, it's no big deal, but when it becomes long-term or when it's constant, then, then now you're messing up my life. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm really, really grateful that we have figured out a way that mm -hmm. people can come here and take my class and I am, I'm earning money when I have visitors here. And, right. you know, we bought a 20,000 square foot house with eight bedrooms that sleep 16 people. So we could do a pretty good size seminar and mm. people still don't feel like they're cramped. You know, they feel like they're right. here in luxury and, you know, it all, it all works out, but not everybody is fortunate enough to create that kind of lifestyle. I don't know if you can Absolutely. see. Mm -hmm. you know, Beautiful. This is right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm a person where collaboration is really important to me here. They're, they're still cleaning up a little bit, but this is like where we do the main training seminar area. Okay. This, mm -hmm. this is like a living area and pool table and, we eat the meals here and, you know, you can see the pool over there. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm the kind of person where I like to collaborate with people. So if, if I'm doing the seminar, I feel like I'm collaborating. And a lot of times I am collaborating with the people. Like a lot of times one of my seminars is about how do you book yourself on TV and I'm doing, I'm pitching the TV studios at the same time. Whoops, sorry about that. At the same sorry. time as all my clients are, are pitching the TV studios. So, right. you know, it is a collaboration. Absolutely. And collaborating, I think, is is the best way to work. It's, it's beneficial for everyone. Yeah. If you're like, if I'm, I'm a creator, I'm a creator and I like to create with people. I write books with people. I, um, I write tv segments for people and i and i coach them on pitching them so when they come here we're doing stuff together mm. like we're work we're working together here in mexico for right. their career and for my career at the same time so it it's uh, i'm so grateful that we were able to invent this whole situation and you know i would say that's a really big important part of if you're going to be uprooting your life and becoming an expatriate and inventing a whole new life, invent a life that you want. Invent right. the life of your dreams. Because if you're not living the life of your dreams after you've uprooted yourself and like created a whole brand new life, why, why not? Right. Well, and then what? If, if it's not your dream life, then you're still going to be wanting something different, wanting more, wanting that dream, wanting bits of it. And so you're, you're still not going to be truly happy. Yeah. I mean, if you are going to the trouble of starting all over again, then start building the life of your dreams. That's the whole point of being an expatriate, living in the place. Like, you know, my wife and I have traveled all over. We used to think that the Royal Hawaiian Hotel in Honolulu was the greatest place in the world. 
but only after we stopped coming here. This was always our favorite place to go on vacations. And we only stopped coming here because it was so dangerous. But then once we were living here for, for you know, four and a half months, it didn't seem dangerous anymore. Uh, right. You know, we were on the ground dealing with the reality of boots on the ground versus the propaganda of what's in the media. And, you know, they put what well, they want in not necessarily exactly that's a huge problem too um i've traveled to many countries and by myself the vast majority of them and so many people are like oh you went there by yourself you would go there and, and i've said i've been to i think 46 countries and i've never felt unsafe or worried about being anywhere now obviously i'm not doing stupid things and and stuff like that but there's so many great places even though the the media will will make you want to think like and and it's whether it's Canada you know you do, you don't want to go to certain places Canada's the best or the United States be like oh don't go here don't go there it's dangerous the United States is the best and you know every country has their propaganda of not wanting their citizens to leave um, but once you start to ignore that and just go places, you realize that there's so many wonderful places in the world. There's so many places that are safe and you don't have to worry as long as you're not doing dumb things. Um, you know, it's and but it's it is the, the propaganda of the media that um, I, I really dislike. <laughs> I, I just dislike it. It's it's unfortunate because they they just give too many bad names to to people or places or things that just don't they're just not right yeah you, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about not doing stupid things i mean sobriety has been a tremendous gift for me not only am i able to be in a vacation destination like acapulco and still able to function instead of being drunk 24 hours a day but i don't go to bars and that's where a lot of unsavory characters hang out and I don't do drugs. And that's another way to get involved with people who you don't want to be involved with. And I don't do prostitution. So, I mean, those are the main areas where a foreigner is going to get in trouble in a foreign country, drinking, doing drugs, or getting involved with prostitutes. And, right. you know, if I'm just, I'm just going to uh, an occasional restaurant or going to a shopping mall or going to the beach for the afternoon, or going to the movies, or going to Home Depot, or taking my dog to the vet. Now, you know, unfortunately, my dog had an operation and got, look, I don't know if it was because the, the vet was Mexican, or I don't know, but she had an allergic reaction to the sutures, and like all the skin dissolved on her leg and her leg looked like a pork chop for like six months. Oh, That's why we yeah. call my dog the billion the peso billion puppy. The billion peso puppy. Because I spent a billion pesos on that dog at the vet when she was oh. living at the vet for six months with a pork chop instead of the leg. That was a big, that was a big negative about this experience. But, you know, on the whole, I found that medical processes in Mexico are as good or better. Like I, here's something I did that was awesome. One of my friends here told me he went to the ophthalmologist and he got um, a cataract replaced oh. with, a, with a trifocal lens. I said, really? And I did some investigation and I found that you don't need to even have cataracts to get that. 
I just got rid of my reading glasses by taking out my natural crystalline lenses and replacing them with trifocal interocular lenses, basically putting trifocal contact lenses in my eyes. And I did that in a little, in a little shopping, in a shopping mall, like in a really? strip mall, in a strip mall in Mexico, in Acapulco, I had some Mexican ophthalmologist blind me by removing my natural lenses and replacing them with trifocal interocular lenses. Now this is called premium lens replacement, but I don't wear reading glasses anymore. I have basically perfect vision again. I will never lose the perfect vision and I won't get um, cataracts and I won't get macular degeneration because of this operation. So that's amazing. Uh, I mean, it does sound a little bit sketchy going to getting it done in the mall. Like, everybody's like, oh. but I, I get it. I mean, it's different places have it done. So what, um, how much did that cost? If you don't mind me asking. In the USA, that would have been fourteen, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars for both eyes, and it was forty seven hundred dollars. Yeah, forty seven hundred bucks to never wear glasses again, and to have you know, I, I can read my watch, I can read my phone, I can read anything. I have great vision once again, and this wow. is a true joy. Thank you, Mexico. Mm. And in general, you know. I had, I've had hair replacement operations in Mexico. I've had, I just got stem cell therapy in Mexico. Mm, that's uh, becoming a big thing, yes. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that, and, and for example, in the USA, you can only get one type of lens. There's only one lens approved for use in the United States for the operation that I had. It's called a panoptics lens. And my ophthalmologist did not select that lens for my eyes. He said there was a different lens manufactured in um, Hungary, a Hungarian okay. lens that was better. It's called the Liberty lens. And he installed that in my eyes. I mean, you, you have a bigger choice of products because, you know, I'm not restricted by what the FDA has approved. Right. I can have whatever I want in Mexico. Mexico is more of like, wild west where you can do or have anything you want it, yeah. i i say to my wife Mexico and at a reasonable like, price compared to the u cheap compared to the u.s i say to my wife that mexico is the land of making your dreams come true because whatever you want you can have it and it usually doesn't cost a lot of money you just have to think it up dream it tell them what you want find somebody to do it and they'll do it and they'll happily you know get paid a lot less than you would have to pay in the usa right yeah. Yeah. Medical, medical treatments in, in various countries. I know even when I was living in Costa Rica, I needed to get a, a root canal done just after I got there. And I thought, man, I had insurance in Canada. Now I'm paying out of pocket here. And the whole thing all said and done cost me. Now it was, it was, it was back in about 2011, um, 2011, 2012. It cost me 125 us dollars for a root canal yeah. all done. And even in Canada with my insurance would have cost me a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, there are basically two different medical systems in Mexico. One okay. is for the Mexican people. And I think that's why you become a citizen because you want to get onto their socialized medicine program. But there's a higher quality cash medical system for right. rich people you know, basically anybody who's not a, a Mexican person, you know, you're going to be paying for your medical treatment and it's as good or better sometimes 
than what you could right. pay for in the USA and costs half or or less as much money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that definitely is um, a, a a big benefit to to leaving the U.S. to go to to several countries is just the the healthcare alone. Even Canada, I mean, Canada it's it's part of our taxes, so I don't have to pay to see the doctor. But the wait list now, the wait time, it's so long that. Um, I mean, you you don't want to be getting sick. You don't want to really be needing anything because you're going to be waiting, like even in an emergency room, waiting eight hours, 10 hours. Um, it's it's not a good situation either. So uh, it's, it's great that there are places um, that still offer good care and, you know, at a reasonable price as well. Look, this was basically a big part of the decision to come to Acapulco during the pandemic, because my apartment in New York City is like five blocks away from NYU Hospital, which is one of the best hospitals in the world. One of my friends who got COVID during the pandemic, one of my Facebook friends, uh, some guy I've never personally met, but I've seen him post many things on Facebook. Mm -hmm. He went to NYU Hospital. I think he was even on a ventilator for some time wow. and came off the ventilator by the grace of God and survived and was very happy and grateful to the nurses and doctors at NYU Hospital for saving his life during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But for us, the choice was, okay, do we want to live where it's 85 degrees and sunny with 80% humidity every day, basically the conditions which are least likely for you to get COVID? Or do we want to have the resources at our fingertips in case we get sick? So basically, we went for the ounce of prevention versus the pound of cure. And right. that's the whole point. An ounce Absolutely. of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I'd rather prevent it than cure it. So that's why right. we came to Acapulco. And now that's why we live here because basically, you know, I feel like I'm, I would rather prevent stress than mm -hmm. try to cure the results of stress because you're right. not, you're not going to be able to reverse the stress on your body. Stress is the killer. You know, stress is going to take years off your life. It's going to mm. give you a heart attack. It's going to give you cancer. It's going to give you all those things. So if if you're living a life in whatever country you live in that is mm. full of stress because of your preconceived notions of what life is supposed to be like, then by all means, pack a suitcase, not a lot of suitcases, just pack one suitcase one. and go go move someplace. I mean, that's what we did. We had we came here with one carry-on bag and a briefcase each. That's what we came here with. And we built the life out of that because why do you need more than that? You can buy anything you want. There's Walmart everywhere. So go go to where you want to be and invent the life you want to live and do it so that you are living happy, healthy, and stress-free and if, if that's all you get out of it, then you win because that's by win. eliminating stress, you're going to live an extra decade. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's so, it's so true. And it just, sometimes I, I get frustrated with people that are just so scared to take that step. So worried. They're so, what if it doesn't work? What if it's bad? What if, you know, they, they it's always that negative, what if things. And I always try to say, what if it's amazing? What if it's the best decision you've ever made? Like, and, and then it's, 
Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe the first place you go to, you don't like, but you know what? You're not stuck there. If you don't Mm -hmm. like that first place, go to another place. And it could be within the same country. You could, you could try different cities, different size towns, different regions. Um, You'll get a different feel from it within one country. But if you don't really like the vibe of that country, go to another country, go to another country. Like, you know, we moved here. Let's see. We bought this place when I was like, 55, 56, something like that, something like that. I've been all over the world. We've been everywhere. And this mm-hmm. was always our favorite vacation. So that's why we came here for the pandemic. And then, you know, our favorite thing is to look at real estate. So while we were just in rented villas, we started looking at villas that were for sale and, you know, made it happen. And that's why you need to live in a place, in a rented place for at least three, four months to see if you actually do like the yeah, I, I agree. I was just um, earlier, I was talking to uh, to another girl for on, on who will be on the podcast as well. And she was saying so she moved, she also moved to Mexico, and she was first in Mexico City. She spent um, three months there in two different places. Um, and she just said no. She's like, I'm so over the big city. She's lived in many and she's from the US lived in many. And now she lives in this small little Pueblo. I, I can't even remember the name of it offhand. Um, very small place kind of near the mountains. She's like, it's just so relaxing. It's so nice. It's quiet. She said for some people, I'd probably find it boring, but I'm immersing into the Mexican culture and doing all these different things. And she says, I really enjoy it. I am so relaxed and not in that grind that I used to be all the time. And I just love it. Yeah, I I get it. I mean, my wife and I were looking at pictures of one of her friends on Facebook has some huge ranch in Tennessee. And she just built a huge barn for the two horses, for the daughters. And and we're looking at all these pictures and there's nothing. There's no but no neighbors, right? And and we were just talking about how that would really not be for us. You got to know who you are and what you like and mm. You know, that's the most important part about about um, being an expatriate and going to go live in some foreign land. Look, if you're a digital nomad, you're some kid, you got a backpack and a laptop and an iPhone, you go do whatever you want. And, you know, what's the difference? But when you're a mature person like like us and you've seen a bit of the world, that's the advantage of of being a mature person and having lived and learned and figured out what do you like? Where do Mm. you like? Who do you want to be with? And go create that life for yourself. And, you know, as, as, you know, first world people, if you pick a country that's a, a developing or less developed country, even Mexico, see, here's the crazy part is that Mexicans think that Mexico is a developing country. I say, what is the difference between Acapulco and Los Angeles? Only two or three things. Number one, the streets are cleaner. What, what would, did balloons just go by? They did. I don't know. They just went up on the screen and I don't know. I didn't know if you pushed a button or something. And I, if you did that or I don't know. I, and all of a sudden you did something earlier and some the thing came down and I was like, okay, that's, I'll just go with it. But yeah, balloons just came I, up now and I have... <laughs> No idea what that was. I've never seen it before. So, okay. Oh my God, that was so crazy. All right, but um, what's the difference? What's the difference between Los Angeles and Acapulco? Number one, the streets are cleaner. 
there's no trash in the street. Number two, you ready for this? Number two, there's no homeless people in Mexico. That is a huge difference from, I'll just say North America in general, even Canada. So. And, and I asked one of my friends in Mexico City, I said, how come, where's all the homeless people in Mexico City? This is supposed, there's so many poor people living in Mexico City. Where's right. all the homeless people? He goes, that's a very good question. And I think what it comes down to is that Mexicans take care of their family, like they're more family oriented. And if you are, you know, if you need to, you live with your parents or they'll build a shack for you in the backyard or something like that. Whereas in mm -hmm. America, that kind of family support just doesn't exist. No, no. But those it's kind those of you reach a certain age and you're on your own, figure it out, make it work. Those are the big differences that I see between Los mm -hmm. Angeles and Acapulco. Let's Less trash in the streets and no homeless people in Acapulco. That's it. That's it. Oh, okay. There are jugglers in the streets. When you go to a red light, there's a juggler there, or there's a kid selling chiclets or bottles of water, but you have that in Los Angeles too. Mm -hmm. yeah. You have, oh, yeah. You have that all over. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I have fast, my Wi-Fi here is faster than my Wi-Fi in New York City. And I have Verizon Fios in New York City. And, you know, my Wi-Fi here is faster. So you tell me my, my AT&T cell phone works the same here as it does in the USA. You tell me why this country is any less developed than the United States. I don't see it. The only, the only thing I see is that the cost of living is less because the natives make less money. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's, that's like many countries, but the, the media and the propaganda, it's like, oh, they're a third world, they're developing, oh, it's not safe there. And if you, people go to a lot of them, like, as you said, those, those digital nomad backpacker, young people go, go travel, see as many places as you can go. It's great because then they really see what it's like around the world. And when they do get older, they can decide which place that they really want to go to and stay at. I think everybody should go and travel and see places because just because you were born and raised in a first world country or the West, as they say, or anything, doesn't mean it's the best place to live. Not by, not by far. And, and that's, and that's a personal opinion for some people. Absolutely. I know people live in the United States, live in Canada, absolutely love it. Never want to leave it. They think it's great. I think you should travel more. Um, but you yeah. know, it's every, everybody's different. So you love Mexico. Some people are going to go to Spain or France or Italy or, or wherever it's, it's finding, um, what we enjoy, what we like, what we connect. And as you said, the lifestyle that we want to have and, and making it work. And it's not, it's not as hard as I think what people think it is. It's not as scary. There, there's, there's definitely challenges, but there's challenges living in our home countries. Well, look, uh, you need to have set up for yourself geographic and time freedom so that you can continue to earn money in the United States while you're living somewhere else. Mm. Because it's, it may not be possible for you to get a job where you are. That's true. Okay. Or you may not, you may not be able to teach us, you know, maybe you don't teach a seminar like I do and have people, maybe your situation, like, you know, we basically bought a little resort. So it's very attractive for people to come 
to do my seminars here, but maybe you can't do that. So, you know, I, like, I remember when I was on a coaching call with one of my doctor clients and I was in Honolulu getting an NAD plus anti-aging drip infusion into my arm. And I'm talking to her on Wi-Fi using zoom or Skype or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I said to her, you know, I, I used to be a taxi driver. I drove a taxi. Look, I chased the Hollywood dream for 13 years and I couldn't get arrested in Hollywood except for the DUI. And <laughs> I was able to turn it around and become a marketing expert, helping other authors, speakers, coaches, and, and other experts to raise your status in the eyes of your customers and prospects so you can get paid more and you get the jobs you want and you could sell seminar tickets and you can get higher prices for your consulting and coaching or whatever you do, whatever you do or sell for, for people. I was able to do that even though I was a cab driver. You're a doctor. How come you don't have the, the geographic and time freedom that I have? You got an MD. Why, you know, you have more credentials than me. Why don't you have this kind of time and geographic freedom? And today she does. Today, you know, like through my coaching and, and doing work on her own. Now she works in her practice seven days a month. And the rest of the time she travels. And uh, she hosts her own seminars here at my villa. Two, like two times a year, she does two weeks of seminars here. She rents the villa for me and teaches her own seminars here. So if you're a person who is thinking about becoming an expatriate, I would highly advise you to figure out how can you create time and geographic freedom for yourself so that you can continue to earn American money when you're living some anywhere else that you want. Because if you right. can do that, if you could do that, then you are, at least for the immediate future, you're pretty good. I don't know, yeah. you know, five years from now, what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen Who knows? in the world? Who knows? Right? But that, that should really be your goal is figuring out how you can continue to earn money doing what you do for your clients in the United States while you're traveling the world or living somewhere else. Right. I, I completely agree. Um, because getting work visas and things like that is, is very challenging. So you, it's, it's a lot easier and better to have that set up. And you're working with U.S. dollars, which goes a lot further in many countries. Usually, usually. It's, it's definitely yeah. the goal. And, you know, um, you may need to find a mentor to help you to do that, right? And, and I'll tell you, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. I, you know, the smartest thing I ever did was investing in mentors because investing mm -hmm. in mentors showed me the path of how I could become the person that I am today, how I could have the life that I have today. And it was all those investments that I did learning from people who were doing what I wanted to do, who were right. living the life, you know, who were living the career. They had the career that I wanted to have. So I paid to learn from them. How do you have that career? How do you have that kind of freedom and power in your life while you also can be out in the world having the adventure that you love? That's, those are my three words. 
my three words are freedom, power, and adventure. And that's how I lead, live my life. I think those are our three great words. And, and it's true. I was talking with somebody earlier too. And I said, we were just talking about getting advice. And I said, never get advice from somebody who doesn't have the life you want. The, 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 op, the, um, the, the career or the job, the lifestyle or living where you want. Because if you're asking your sister, cousin, brother, friend, yeah. they're going to give you advice that got them to where they're at. If Unless you want to go that way, that's their advice to get them where they're at. You need to work with or get advice from somebody who is living the lifestyle or doing what you want to do. And, and maybe there is nobody. Maybe you have to, maybe your world that you're creating is so elevated that you don't know anybody who can give you advice. Uh, you know, there's this saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you have to go with the team. And I don't agree with that at all because the far that I want to go, nobody else is going that far. I'm, I'm inventing my own path. There's a different saying that I really prefer, and that is for a leader, there is no map. Right. The leader is going places where nobody has gone before. And when I was thinking about buying a house in Acapulco, Mexico, and I was talking to my friends around the world on Facebook Messenger, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And most of them were telling me, what are you crazy spending all that money on a house in Acapulco? What are you crazy? And it turned out to be the best thing we have ever done because people don't know, they don't know what your life is and they don't know what, right. what it's, what it's like. And they may not love Acapulco for them, you know, for mm -hmm. that guy, Manila, he loves living in Manila. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really have any interest in living in Manila. Hmm. Uh, and he doesn't have any interest in living in Acapulco. So that's why he lives in Manila and I live in Acapulco. <laughs> and we're both right. Americans. And we're both Americans, you know? So no, it's 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 what you want. Exactly. It is. It's it's figuring out what you want and it's a process for sure. And and getting help, whether it's taking courses, mentorship, um, signing up with masterminds, what, whatever it may be, depending upon the what people are doing for work and, and what they want to do, yep. those things will get you there faster. As long yep. as you do the work, it will get you there faster. You, you can, like, I can do what I'm doing all by myself and eventually I'll get to a certain point. But when I'm working with people and doing things that they know because they've done it, I will get to certain points faster as well. No doubt, no doubt. And when you have a good mentor who knows what they're doing and ideally is still either still doing it, like, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you got to be careful about a mentor, especially if you're hiring a mentor, that they're not just teaching you some syllabus that worked 10 years ago. Like, right. you know, w one of the things that I say to my clients is that I'm still doing everything that I'm teaching you to do. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. That's what you really want to look for. And you need to be a, especially as a foreigner in a foreign right. land, you need to be a discerning buyer because you don't really know the ins and outs of the culture and the, and the country where you're living. You've got to be a really discerning buyer and not too eager to give your money away to somebody else. Right. That's true. Very true. Yep.
Well, Clint, it's been great talking with you today. And so if people wanted to get in touch with you to come to one of your your um, seminars that you have or to work with you or, or anything like that, where can they get in touch with you? Um, my website is Clint with three T's.com. Why three T's? C-L-I-N-T-T-T. Because one of my clients was the inventor of the science of nameology. What does your name really mean? And she said to me, Clint, I wish you could add an extra T to the end of your name because the T's always end up on top. And so I could not get Clint with two T's.com, but I got Clint with three T's.com. So that's a nice, easy way to remember. And if you want to check out my, if, like, you know, my coaching consulting events are not cheap. They're high dollar, high ticket events for people who are pretty advanced as entrepreneurs. So if you want to check me out before that, go check out my book, Wisdom of the Men. It's on Amazon. The Audible is particularly good. If you enjoyed hearing my voice, there's nine hours of my voice on the Audible version of Wisdom of the Men on Amazon. So crack off one of your credits and get Wisdom of the Men. It's worth it. Perfect. And we will have links to that in our show notes below to make all of those um, things easy to get for all of the listeners. So thank, thank you, you very much for your time. It was great talking with you. And I know that the listeners got a lot of valuable information from our conversation today. Great. I hope so. Great to meet you. Live your life of your dreams, everybody. <laughs>